Ladies and gentlemen, what's up, BC? Welcome back to another episode of Supreme Being. Shout out to Team BC. If you guys didn't hear, we opened up our investment division, starting with wholesaling. If you guys are interested, you can go to my bio on Instagram at briancasella.com if you can find me. <laughs> and I set up a link tree now, and one of the buttons is the application. So submit that, and we'll get back to you very, very soon. Shout out to Mono Success, my coaching. Also, I'm doing the event uh, tomorrow, actually, because I'm putting this out on Wednesday night, the 30th and the 31st. I'm doing the ultimate sales technician. Go to briancasella.com, sign up for the coaching, sign up for that. Sign up for everything. Okay. Uh, but I'm bringing Loida back on. What's up, Loida? What's up? I'm glad to be back again after a long time. Yeah, it's been like a year. Um, I wanted to bring her on and ask some questions because uh, the cool thing about having repeat um, interviewees on the, the podcast is you guys can kind of follow them and see how they've evolved and we can upgrade the level of questions that we ask them. So uh, when's the last time I had you on? Has it been like a year? Yeah, I feel like more actually. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to look it up. I'm, I'm not sure, but you know, if you guys go back to the episodes, I don't know how many 200 and something I have now, like episodes, I forget what episode she was, but at that point, you know, she was still a couple of years in the business. Right. But a lot of things have changed the structure, you know, the, obviously the amount of income, the money made, the actions change a little bit, the understandings change a little bit. So I wanted to do it from this perspective. So I would say minimum, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you've probably doubled your income or more since our last episode. Is that right? Yes, 100%. Okay. So, you know, most people are going to say, well, Lloyda does a lot of stuff, but she does real estate. So it was probably a simple one, two, three. I did more deals. I made more money. Can you talk about that? Because I don't think it was just you producing more and selling more homes. It was other pieces to that puzzle. Can you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. So it was definitely... Uh, the income came from other places. I think since the last time that I was on your podcast, I have grown the streams of income that I have. And that is something that obviously I learned from you. And any high level producing person knows you have to have multiple streams of income. And even when I got into real estate, I remember having conversations with you where you would say, you know, in the beginning is when you have to do the prospecting, the cold calling, the door knocking, even if you don't like it, because then five years from now, if you don't want to, you don't have to make those phone calls. So that always stuck with me. So pretty much the income doubled from obviously I have YouTube putting myself out there, being consistent all these years, brought so many more opportunities for people like referrals, companies that wanted to partner up with me. Um, being able to teach and now go to another pretty much a level of category in real estate where now I'm not just selling homes, but now I'm teaching agents and newer agents how to become good in this business. So it was a combination of all of those that was really the factor in, in allowing me to grow my income and obviously always being consistent. Yeah. One thing I would say too, on the real estate side is you upped your price point quite a bit. I did. Yep. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what do you attribute to that? Was it just mainly contacting people from a higher price point or was that a more difficult transition? What was that like? No, I told myself I wanted to contact these people at a higher price point because what I had noticed was that the lower the price point, the more the headaches, the more the penny pinchers. And this is just the reality, no matter where you're at. Out here in California, you know, that low price point, we're talking about like the 200s, 300s, 400,000s. Which now Maybe. is like 800. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much for a shoebox. Yeah, right. And and it got to the point where in the beginning years of me and my real estate career, 
I felt that I was taking business from these lower price points because I needed the business. And I think that's, that's a trap that a lot of agents fall into where it's like, okay, well, I'll take anything that I can get. So dealing with all of these people that were nightmares and, and they would just give me headaches. Like I would want to cry. I would come to you and be like, I, I don't understand how I'm attracting all of these negative people. I remember you telling me, well, you attract like how you feel. So I was feeling crappy and I was attracting crappy people. So I'm like, you know what, if I want to feel better and live a better life and make more money, then I have to target the people that are at a different level that think more of in abundance and not so much like, where's this $5 going to? And like, I need a refund on those 10 cents, like right there in the net sheet. So for me, that was a change. Um, also being able to turn away business that I did not want to take setting more boundaries and standards with the type of clients that I wanted to go after. And I noticed that the people at the higher price points, they are more, their mindset is more business entrepreneur. They know what I'm doing is just a part of my job. They probably did it in some form or another in whatever their business is. So the level of conversations with those people is also different. So for me, maybe it was more mentally preparing myself to go after those people and also telling myself that I was good enough to work higher price points. That's what really pushed me, like knowing that I couldn't, I shouldn't be limiting myself to those lower price points or those people that, you know, I just needed to get the deal from. Right. And then in the background, you have like the little baby at the hockey game emoji, the yeah, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So one thing I wanted to touch on too, and, and ask you this, um, and, and this is something I've discussed with you too, you know, when you first start, you're just a salesperson, right? So you have to build your sales skills and your communication skills. Eventually, whether you build a team or you just have like an assistant or, you know, you're doing these other things, eventually you have to morph into being a leader too. So you still have to be able to sell and build that, but now you step into the world of being a leader and, and having to lead and build those leadership skills how was that for you? Because that for a lot of people, that is like a breaking point. And that's why they stay a single agent because they're either afraid to do it. Um, they're, they're, they're hesitant to do it, or they just can't figure it out because that's a completely different skill set than selling, hmm. right? How was that transition for you jumping into now being a leader and actually leading people, having employees and taking it to that level? It was really exciting for me when I got to that point, because I think also another mistake that a lot of agents make is that they come into this business almost like with an employee mindset instead of uh, like I'm a business owner. And if you're a business owner, whether it's real estate or whatever it is, like you are the owner, you have to be able to find people to do other things and then be the leader. So for me, when I got to that point, I knew, okay, you know, I'm leveling up. I'm going to that next level of what I'm supposed to be doing to continue building this business where I'm not just a real estate agent waiting for a paycheck. This is a, a business that is going to turn long-term into income and me being able to live the life that I want and having a team and growing the brand to the point that, you know, if I don't want to make phone calls or if I don't want to work, I have trained other agents. Everyone's happy. I'm still getting paid, but at the same time, you know, I'm making sure that everyone's still doing what they're supposed to be doing and not just kind of like slacking off. Right. Yeah. And it comes with its own like challenges too, huh? Because 
even jointly, like us together working with Team BC, like we've had, and this is just the reality of running a business mm-hmm. and, and maybe I can discuss briefly how it was for me and then we can pass it to you. It sucks when, you know, you, you, you have to go through that because you have to bring somebody in, train them, you know, we give them, because we're super cool with the people that we have. I mean, talk to anybody from Team BC, I'm still collecting their testimonial videos. They love being on the team. But there's also been people that we've had to let go or that have left and you give to those people, you put in your time and your effort and you actually care. So sometimes whether they leave or you kick them off the team or let them go, it sucks because in your mind, you're like, oh man, I invested X amount of hours Mm -hmm. into this person. Oh, they were going to do so good. And now they left. So for me, especially in the beginning, it would hit me hard. Not so much because I had to hire somebody else, but because I almost took it personally. I'm like, man, I gave that person so much and they left us. How has that process been for you uh, growing, dealing with people specifically? Yeah, it's been very similar. I think the way that I have seen it too is that you quickly can see how different everyone is compared to you. So compared to how you, Brian, work or me, like everything that I have done. And obviously like it's going to be hard to find like that identical agent that's going to put in the same worth ethic and do everything like how we did. So in a way it's, it's almost been disappointing sometimes when we see agents that want to join the team or like whenever you hire someone, whoever's listening to this, you hire someone, you meet them, you think like, Oh my God, they're going to do great. And then as time goes by, you really kind of start to see their true colors, or maybe they start to get discouraged. And then you're like, oh, you know what? It was all hype in the beginning. And now it's like, where are they type of thing? So things change. It's discouraging in a sense that way, when you see that people are not performing Um, at the same time, just like you mentioned, you know, when someone decides to leave, because maybe they want to go another route or get out of the business, it also like hurts a little bit because, you know, you build a relationship with these people where now it's not just like you're a partner or a team member. It's like, we're friends. Um, like we spend probably more time at the office with each other than with our family. So when they leave, it's kind of like a part of you leaves with them and then you want them to come back. But obviously like everyone has to do their own thing. So in, in a way that's kind of how I've seen it for me, but yeah, something that I, I was recently doing a presentation for an event that I'm doing. And I put, um, you know, this is your blueprint for how to stay in the game, because I feel like this business is survival of the fittest. If you're not getting your shit together, you're going to be out. And that's just the reality. And like, not everyone makes it. Right. I love that. You know, another thing too, I wanted to comment and get your thoughts on, um, you know, as you start evolving and growing, especially income wise, you have to move differently, right? Now, when you make money, you have to get a better CPA. We're now talking about opening up, you know, different corporations and LLCs and S corps to, you know, or, or DBAs, right. To mm-hmm. now get our checks. And so we have to manage our money differently. The moves that we make business wise too, you know, certain investments and taking money and reinvesting profits back into the business to grow. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I've seen that change in you too, as you've made more money, because those things go hand in hand. Yeah, it's exciting because, you know, for me and my family, I'm like the first one that has gone through all this where, okay, now I have to set up an LLC and what is an S corp? And now I have to find a CPA and you know what, I have this money, where am I going to invest it? So even the conversations that I have with you and with my mom, because it's very rare that I tell other people what I'm thinking about. They're just some things that like some people, like the average person is just not going to understand. 
where we're looking at properties, for example, if I want to invest, and for me, I look at something, oh, 200,000, that's pretty cheap, depending on where I'm looking at. So the level of my thinking has changed because it has expanded as to so many more possibilities of how I can continue to grow um, because of the income that I have. And at the same time, it's more like I'm always thinking in my head, what is that next thing that I want to do or that I want to accomplish or that I want to start? Not so much, oh, you know what, I'm happy with what I have right now. And it's not that I'm being like selfish or like, oh, like she's not complacent. It's more like, no, you know what, I have the opportunity to continue growing and like nothing can stop me. Like in what other career can you give yourself like or double your raise in one year, like nowhere else in real estate. Like if I want to give myself a $100,000 raise next year, all I have to do is step it up in my game and probably go after higher price points. And then I'm there. So I think even just being in this business, the opportunities that have presented themselves to me and just also me being dedicated and committed to the process and trusting that what I'm doing is going to work is what has allowed me to take it to the next level too to be able to think more of an entrepreneur and like, what is it going to take to, okay, get to the 500,000 and then to the million Mm -hmm. where friends that I went to college with and high school with, like, they're not having these conversations. People our age, it's very rare that you find people that are probably making the income that we're making. If you see me in the street, you probably would never think that I have what I have or that I own what I own. Yeah. Most people our age have already given up on themselves, you know, we talk about yeah. that all the time. But uh, one thing too, is as the wheels get turning and, and this change happens in evolution, everything around you starts to change because you look at mm-hmm. it too. You start paying attention to, you know, how you dress, you know, the people around you, your yeah. environment, you know, the home, or if you're going to purchase a home, can you talk about that? Because I know that changes a lot too. And as that process started for me, you know, and I was getting better at doubling my income. I looked at everything like that. Like, okay, everything has to be at the higher level now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, For me, what has changed um, gradually, I think growing up coming from a very humble uh, family where, you know, like don't spend money if you don't need to spend it or like you're wasting money if you're getting something that you don't need type of thing. It it was kind of a transition for me. And it's something that I also had to teach my parents once I started to make money to the point that like, if we want something like, let's buy it because we we can afford it. Like that mindset of scarcity needs to go out the window, depending on the situation. So for me, I've been so much better at that in the past couple of years. And that's something that I have shown my mom that she has recently seen where it's like, you know what, if we're going to go and travel and I need to park the car somewhere, I'm going to valet it because you know what, I'd rather have someone go and park the car and then we can walk in. If it's raining, we don't have to worry about walking and then that's it. You know, little things like that, eating at a nice restaurant, because that's something that, again, my family was not used to. Um, Instead of shopping at the Swami, maybe going to somewhere that's not the Swami. I mean, even though I still love going there, but you kind of get the point. It's like different, a different mindset. How I dress, I want to always make sure that I'm dressed nice when I'm going out because I don't know who I'm going to meet or who I'm going to talk to. And I want them to see me like, oh, this wow, she's like dressed up. She has earrings, her hair done, her, her makeup done. And that's just me, how I want to present myself. I don't want to look like a bum because now it's gotten to the point that, you know, obviously with our brand and our social media presence, 
Like I can go to a Starbucks and a random person could be like, hey, you're Lloyda from YouTube, which happens all the time. And the last thing I want is my hair to be all like crazy and me with like sweats and stuff. I know, right? With your gym clothes. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's really cool because uh, a lot of people look at this subject because I'm, I'm, I'm naming this podcast like how to double your income. And I know people are going to think it's like some magic bullet, but really it sounds like if we're going to like wrap it up, it's basically just an accumulation of doing what you're supposed to do over time. And then some of the changes that are happening happen. And as the, you know, they're, you're going through it, you have somebody like me or for anybody else, it would be like a mentor or a coach kind of like do this, do that. You're going to hit this fork in the road where you have to, you know, make the change or when you see this happen, then, you know, okay, you're about to go to the next level. Right. And that's really what it sounds like. It's like, you know, it wasn't anything special, right. It was just some decisions that you made and mm-hmm. then you worked at it every day. Right. Yes. That. And also what I did that I don't think a lot of people do is write it down. So I literally wrote down the income that I saw myself making, what I was doing, how many streams of income I had, like what I owned, what I drove, what I looked like, where I was having dinner. Like, even if these were like hypothetical scenarios, I had it written down. And then I was kind of reverse engineering, like, okay, let's say I want to make $300,000 in a year. What does that mean monthly? How much do I have to make monthly? Okay, that means X amount. Okay, so how many streams of income do I have right now that can get me to that point? How many more do I have to add? So it gets very, very detailed to the point that now I know, okay, if I want to get to X goal, that means I have to hit these numbers. And if I don't hit those numbers, I don't have a certain amount of streams of income. What else can I be doing to start generating that? And, And that's something that is overlooked Um, by many people that they just don't even think about doing that the basics yeah and it's funny that uh you know the exercise is like writing it down there's one exercise for specifically writing things down that i think they've attributed that as creating more millionaires than anything else and it's like an exercise where you know you write stuff down right so it's crazy because so many people look at that i remember when i was a kid uh if you journaled it was considered girly like oh it's a girly thing to do keep a journal you know yeah and you know what's funny also before we wrap it up is that we recently had our team mastermind right and last year in december we wrote everyone wrote in a little card a note to themselves to read a year later so in that card i wrote and mind you i forgot what i wrote but when i opened it i read it and i wrote a line in there that said by next year you will have doubled your income And when I read that, I was like, that's crazy. Cause I, I did that in a pandemic and I completely forgot that I had written that, but it happened. And even back in 2015, when I got into real estate too, I remember I was a part of a brokerage and we had group coaching there. And the coach was like, Oh, you're going to journal as if like today is the last day of 2019 and then 2021. And then I wrote these stories of describing how my life was and for 2019 everything happened what I had written and I would have never known that because that was like four years prior so it's just crazy like the power of when you write things down that's awesome that's cool so um you want to talk a little bit about the event as we wrap it up the one you're doing in uh it's uh in Georgia right in Atlanta Yes. Yeah. So it's going to be January 8th. So literally in about a week or so girls need real estate, 
but it's not open to just girls. Guys can also watch at this point right now, all of the tickets online are sold out. So it's online girlsneedrealestate.com. We're going to be talking about real estate from being a new agent to investing, setting up your business, funnels, um, wholesaling, like absolutely everything. So in-person is sold out, but they can buy online. Correct. Yes. Girlsinrealestate.com. Girls need girls need real estate.com. Yeah. Cause girls need real estate. I'll put it in the description. Cool. All right, y'all Lloyda. Thanks for coming on everybody signing off. Go to BrianCasella.com, sign up, go to girls need real estate.com and sign up. We'll see you on the next yep. one. Peace. <laughs>